Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Welcome. Welcome to the Daily Boogie. I should go for that job. The robot voice job. Reckon I'm a shoo-in. I'm certainly stilted enough in my delivery. But can I pull off the illusion? Wouldn't that be the ultimate irony? Humans taking the jobs of robots for a change. Fuck you, Terminator. Fuck you, Skynet. I own this. I own this. Welcome, everyone. What an absolute pleasure to see you there. Thanks for joining us. Certainly appreciate you being here. Ah, oh, yeah, now we're talking. What day is it? I don't even know. I can't, I can't keep up. I can't tell you. I feel like I should let you in on a little secret. Today's show may be an absolute dumpster fire. Maybe a clusterfuck. We've got a brand new addition in the family. A furry friend. And I've, I'm starting to get accustomed to the young lady's rhythms of life. She's a gorgeous little puppy. Uh, little now, but she'll soon grow to be bigger than a horse which I'm looking forward to. But in the interim, we've had it just under a week now. She's eight weeks old and I've discovered 90% of the time she's she's wonderful, she's beautiful, she's very placid. She just wants to, you know, curl up on your lap and get pats and lick your face. She loves you. But between the hours of 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. and 4 p.m. and 6 p.m., she is an absolute fucking psychotic. <laughs> psychotic. And it's very difficult not to lose the patience I have. And I'm a very, very patient person. I'm a very patient guy. But, you know, people have told me in the past, friends, family, exes, they've told me I'm, I'm somewhat of an emotional flatliner. Like very few highs and very few lows. But I can tell you that I am prone. The only emotion I'm capable of feeling now after spending years of, you know, doing basically this without doing it live on a show before, the kind of shit we do is, you know, take a cynical view of media and what's happening around us and treat it somewhat sarcastically. You know, extract the true meaning from the words that are presented to us as truth and get to the underlying story, which is often anything but. So I've become a very cynical person over the last 10 or 15 years. So the only emotion now, I'm, now I'm so used to processing um, projected emotion in terms of media and other people, that the only emotion I'm physically capable of experiencing myself right now after all this time, is just fleeting moments of white-hot rage. <laughs> so I'm doing my absolute best not to fall into fleeting moments of white-hot rage with this gorgeous little eight-week-old when, you know, you turn your back for two seconds and something is smashed onto the floor 
And it's like, I, I, how could you even get in that? How could you even get in there in the five seconds I wasn't looking at you? How is this even possible? But then, of course, she sits in front of you, wags her tail, sticks her tongue out, looks at you with these sad eyes, and you're like, well, how can I mad, stay mad at you? And that lasts for about 35 seconds. And then I'm mad again. <laughs> no, but it's good. It's good fun. So like I said, today's show might be an absolute clusterfuck because I, I got around 20 minutes to prepare. So if things start dropping out, if articles don't load, if videos don't work out the way I think they should, then you know who to blame. The dog. Blame the dog. But thanks so much for joining us. I hope Hopefully we can have a little bit of fun. We, we are definitely going to have to do a little bit of follow-up over the last couple of shows. But before we do that, if you'd like to become a subscriber, please uh, say I'm already screwing it up. I do, this, I do this same spiel every single day. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. If you'd like to become a subscriber, please hit the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you would like to chew through my pants and stray and throw toilet paper all over the house when I'm not looking, you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what I need? You know, just a sip of beer might do me. Hmm. Yes, the, the dog ate my homework. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us. Let's kick it off. Let's Let's get to this. There's something we need to address. Do you have friends who are experiencing some kind of emotional problem? It's a serious question. I'm not I'm not leading into anything. I'm not setting anything up here. Because if you have friends who have been experiencing emotional problems over the last few years, now might be the time to reach out. Not Joe Biden style, but now might be the time to reach out with a caring heart and an understanding ear and an open soul and let them unload on you their troubles, their fears, their anxieties. Ladies and gentlemen, we may have reached a breakthrough moment. Let me show you this first article we've got today. It's Vox via the Daily Wire. Vox. Our emotional devastation over Trump winning the election drove us so insane... We believe the Russia collusion story. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached a breakthrough. Yes, yes. I feel like half of the population in the Western world has been laying on the psychiatrist's couch for the last three years. And we've been trying to explain, you know, it's not the end of the world. You still have a lot to live for. You know, you need to, you need to learn how to deal with rage. You need to learn how to deal with loss. And they've been fighting. They've been stuck at stage one. They've been at denial this whole time. No, 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 no. It's not my fault. I didn't do anything. It's him. It was the Russians. It was the Russians all along. I knew it. I knew it, that bastard. Calm down. It's okay. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. It's not the end of the world. Just breathe, process, process. Stay with me here. Stay with me here. Shut up. Shut up, you Nazi, you bigot, you fascist, you homophobe, you Islamophobe, you sexist, misogynist pig. It's people like you. You're to blame. Fuck you, Doc. It's like, it's okay. I think that brings us to the end of our session for this week. 
Um, you know, would you like to join us again next week? Yeah, I'll come back next week. Next week when the Mueller report comes out, you'll see, you'll see that I'm right. You'll see that I'm right. You'll see that I was right all along. You stuck-up suit. You don't even know. I don't even know what I'm paying you for. <coughs> and here we are next week. Next week. So the you mentioned in our last meeting uh, something about a Mueller report. Was that, that was high on your agenda, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, you know, this Mueller report that you thought was very important for you and your development, uh, how did you feel when it was released? Look, Doc, you know, I've just been, I've just been struggling lately. You know, I've had a lot of things going on in my life. And I, I just really don't like the guy. I really don't like Trump, you know? And it's been tough. It's, it's been tough. And, you know, I, I'm getting angry at people. And 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 why would why would Rachel lie to me? You know, I love Rachel Maddow. Why would she lie to me? Why would she tell me these horrible lies? It's okay. Let it out. Let it out. And, you know, I've been so loyal. And... <laughs> I'm sorry, Doctor. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's good. This is good development. This is good. This is good build. We can build on this. And that's where we are. Since learning last week that special counsel Robert Mueller found no evidence of direct collusion between Donald Trump, Donald Trump's presidential campaign and Russian officials looking to alter the outcome of the 2016 presidential elections, some left-leaning media and progressive activists have been on a soul-searching mission. How did they miss that the allegation was so thinly substantiated? Oh, that sounds absolutely horrible. I do not know what's going on there. Holy cow, did you hear that? What's the list? Supporters, that's not enough to win an election. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Wallace. Does that sound the same to you as it does to me? Like Chris Wallace has swallowed a, a, a blender? The Mueller Report. God, that's fucking awful. I've just done enough votes in the base. I mean, it, it appears <laughs> that uh, for most of the public. <laughs> that's not supposed to sound like that. Not supposed to sound like that. Holy cow. I hope our other clip doesn't sound like that. CNN tonight with what the hell is going on? See, I told you, we've got all kinds of sound issues happening here. Right on. There we go. That's better. Okay. Let's hear what Chris Wallace has to say. Blame the dog. I told you. There are just not enough votes in the base. I mean, it it appears that uh, from most of the polling that the 35, 40 percent of eligible voters are what you would call ever Trumpers, you know, just solid core red. Rich in the chat says, don't make me laugh. I'm at an actu acupuncture appointment. There you go. I, w I always wondered if I was an acupuncturist, would would I tell a joke to somebody? You know, would I bust their balls a little bit and then be like, hey, don't be like that. I'm just needling you. No, I'm sorry. It's terrible. I've never actually, 
I've never actually thought that before. I wish I did because I would have put more thought into it and I never would have made that terrible, terrible 1930s depression era dad joke. Vox Media feels it may have the answer. In an interview over the weekend with Rolling Stone writer Matt Taibbi, who is one of the ones on the forefront of the Russian collusion story, who claims that the Russian collusion spectacle was the worst media mistake in history, both Vox reporter Sean Illing and Taibbi agree. Quote, The left was just far too devastated in the weeks following Trump's election to think straight. From uh, Sean Illing, quote, A lot of people simply did not want to believe that Trump was a legitimate president, that someone this vulgar and this dishonest could win a presidential election. Why can't we ever get, like, actual proper real mea culpa? Do you know, every every time one of these corporate media hacks goes through this little dance and does this same thing where they have to admit that they were wrong about something, you know what it's like? It's like when you have an argument with your partner and you know that you're in the right. You know you've done the right thing. You are absolutely 100% certain that you've done the right thing. And you know it's only going to be a matter of time until your partner knows that you've done, you, you are in the right as well. You know, it could be like, where did you put the car keys? Shit like that, right? And you scream at each other. Some Sometimes the bigger victory is just de-escalating in those moments, you know? Sometimes the biggest victory is just not fighting anymore. And it's like when, you're, when your partner apologizes to you in one of those scenarios, this is what the corporate press does when they get something so completely fucking ass backwards, but they can't actually just say sorry. They just can't say that they did it wrong without tacking on a whole bunch of writers too. So, you know, you have an argument with your partner about misplaced car keys or whatever, and a couple of hours later, your partner comes back and they say, look, I was wrong. I yelled. I shouldn't have yelled at you like that. And the reason I yelled at you like that is because you were being so nasty. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. You don't get to put that in. We don't get to agree to that. You just say you were wrong. You know you were wrong. It wasn't about me being nasty. It wasn't about me being mean. I didn't say the wrong thing. You got it wrong. That's the end of the story but they can never just say that. <laughs> that quote again, a lot of people simply did not want to believe that Trump was a legitimate president, that someone this vulgar and this dishonest could win a presidential election. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I think that disbelief and the emotional devastation of his election covered, uh, coloured a lot of our judgments. Absolutely. Look, this is still quotes. Almost every pundit failed to see what was happening during the presidential election. No one thought this guy would win. We know that's that's what the problem. That's the problem with the media. That's the problem with the media. There's no bias. There's no bias in the media. One hundred percent of us. No one hundred percent. There was one hundred percent consensus in the industry. Nobody even accepted it as an idea that he could possibly win. And a lot of that had to do with the insularity of the media. Taibbi agreed. Oh, I, love, I love these come-to-Jesus moments, don't you? Quote, Then when he became president, the instantaneous decision was to declare his presidency illegitimate at foreign-aided. That doesn't mean all of these stories were made up, of course, but I think there was a deep need to make sense of it all, to somehow not recognise the result. 
so a lot of people wanted to cancel it out. But that's not what the press is supposed to do, he added. That's not our job. Matt Taibbi, well done, sir. Well done. You've got to give credit where it's due. See, the, the smart ones now after this Mueller report, the smart ones have come clean. The smart ones have put themselves out there and said, you know what, I've been pushing this bullshit story for the last two years. I got it wrong. I'm sorry. I was I was so distressed. I was deluded. I got caught up in the whole atmosphere of let's get rid of this orange bastard from the White House because he's so vulgar and so dishonest and so horrible. And my emotions clouded my judgment. And when people do something like that, I have to say, well done. Congratulations. Welcome. Welcome back. to Well, let's say welcome half back to reality. You've got one foot in reality, but you haven't made the leap yet. Just yet. But I want to say congratulations to Matt Taibbi and the people at Vox for actually printing that. Well done to them. Credit where it's due. And yet another thing we've been trying to tell these people for years, says Kimmy Jong-un in the chat. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'd like to give you a little bit of follow-up. I told you. Nancy Pelosi offers advice to Joe Biden amid misconduct co- uh, allegations. Join the straight arms club. Pelosi says Biden's alleged unwelcome contact does not disqualify him, but he needs to respect people's space. Ladies and gentlemen, what did I say on the show yesterday? That anybody who's in the tank for Biden is not going to have their mind changed by what came out yesterday. That all of the talk on social media and people, you know, finally getting it into the mainstream, grabby, grabby Jojo. And all of the the hours of footage and all the clips and all of the allegations over the years, it's not going to make any difference anymore because people don't care anymore. People don't care about sexual assault allegations. And the very same Democrats who would say, Donald Trump can't get in. He said, grab him on the pussy. He's a vile sexual abuser for something that he said in a bus to a bush, to a burning bush who was recording him (laughs) secretly for some reason. The very same people who said this cannot be accepted, this is vile and vulgar. The very same people, we said it yesterday, the very same people will turn around and say, well, Joe Biden's not that bad because we've got to get rid of Donald Trump. Donald Trump's far worse than Joe Biden. Nancy Pelosi, Nazi Pelosi, ladies and gentlemen. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said Tuesday that she does not believe the allegations of unwanted kissing and touching against former Vice President Joe Biden are disqualifying for the presidency. There you go. Me too. Fuck you. Fuck you, me too. Suck it up, princess, because we've got a Trump to defeat. Are you on board? Are you on board, Team Biden? Come on, baby. Pelosi, in an interview in front of a live audience with Politico, said she does not consider Biden's alleged inappropriate behaviour. Alleged. Alleged. Maybe those videos were faked by the Russians. Alleged inappropriate behaviour disqualifying, but noted the former vice president, look at this, this is is the talking point that we identified yesterday, has to understand that the world we're in now, people's space is important to them. And what's important is how they receive it and not necessarily how you intended it. Can you see how we played that clip from Morning Joe yesterday? Mika Brzezinski and whoever the other guy was, whoever the expert was, 
the guy, the expert guy, equated um, Joe Biden's inappropriate touching of females to, you know, just it was exactly the same as how people took a little while to get adjusted after the repeal of the Jim Crow segregation laws. Like it was just the culture is shifting. We don't really know what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate anymore. So guys like Joe just have to come to the understanding that maybe what they've been used to, the situation they've been used to for a few years might be a little bit different now. That was on MSNBC yesterday with Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. Now we have, this is, Nancy Pelosi is saying the exact same line. The former vice president, quote, has to understand that in the world we're in now, people's space is important to him. Like it's just a new thing. Oh, he's, he's just a little old fashioned. You know, back in, back in my day, it wasn't uncommon for a former vice president to grab you on the breast or perhaps the buttocks. And indeed, whisper sweet nothings into your children's ear while stroking their hair and sniffing their skin. You know, back in the old days, we used to all used to, we all used to do that to the younger, the younger folks, the younger girls, the younger girls around the, around the dance clubs. They never used to complain about this kind of behavior. Because everybody used to do it. Everybody did. But of course, things have changed now. The young people with their rules and the vaginas. The young people with their rules and their vaginas. And, you know, the older men just have to understand that sometimes now people's space is more important to them. And that's what's important is how they receive it and not necessarily how you intended it. Very good. I love a I love a modern progressive Joe Biden leading the Democrat Party to an election in 2020. Don't you? Don't you love the idea of that? The California Democrat then revealed she has a very different style of interacting with people and offered some advice to the former vice president, join the straight arms club. See how you make it funny, you make it fluffy, you make it you you minimize the whole thing. <clears throat> I'm a member of the straight arm club, she said, extending a stiff arm out to demonstrate. I just pretend you have a cold and I have a cold. Oh, bravo. Pelosi then noted she has known Biden for decades and shared that her grandchildren, quote, love Joe Biden, adding, quote, he's a very affectionate person. These people think in propaganda. They think in propagandistic spin. It's not like they can't turn it off. It's just always on. They're like Robin. They're like the Robin Williams of the of the propaganda world in politics. You can't shut it off. It's never off. There is no off button. And they've probably done truckloads of cocaine just like Robin did. You know what I mean? The Speaker of the House's comments come in the wake of accusations from women who have said past interactions with Biden, who appears to be on the verge of announcing a bid for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2020 made them feel uncomfortable. Oh, it's just uncomfortable. It's inappropriate. It's a little bit inappropriate. There you have it. Exactly like we told you. Anybody who's in the tank for Joe Biden is not going to be swayed by these allegations and the and the footage and all of the stories about Joe Biden and his very, very, very affectionate way of dealing with people, strangers, children, whatever. They're just going to say, well, it's not that bad. 
hey, Donald Trump did a lot worse. By the way, I thought we'd run the clock back because, you know, we have allegations against Joe Biden and they're not actually saying that it didn't happen. See, see, that's the other beautiful part about this. They're not saying it didn't happen. They're saying, well, maybe Joe just needs to, you know, be a little bit more modern and understand in this in this crazy new Me Too environment that sometimes it's just not okay to stroke the hair of strangers, smell them and kiss them without permission. You know, maybe once upon a time back in the day that was fine, but Joe just needs to be educated. Like I said, it's our fault. It's our fault that we haven't taught guys like Joe how to behave properly. So that doesn't uh, disqualify him from the presidency. Uh, I want to cast your mind back to the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation. Pelosi releases statement on Kavanaugh confirmation. Here's a direct quote from Nancy Pelosi after Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed, okay? Now, remember, there's no footage of Brett Kavanaugh sniffing strange women or, you know, underage girls on the head. There's no footage of... Brett Kavanaugh groping women inappropriately. But, hey, we've got to get rid of the orange fascists from the White House now, don't we? That's the main thing here. Suck it up, girls. Take one for the team because Uncle Joe is our best bet yet. Vote one for Grabby Joe. So this was Nancy Pelosi on the confirmation of uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh. This is an official statement from Nancy Pelosi. Quote, Today is a profoundly heartbreaking day for women, girls, and families across American, uh, America. Courageous women risked their safety and well-being to speak truth about this nomination. Tens of thousands more joined them to share their own harrowing stories of sexual assault at great personal risk, making it seem like there are tens of thousands of victims to this one particular guy. Yet Senate Republicans chose to send a clear message to all women, do not speak out, and if you do, do not expect to be heard, believed, or respected. By the way, memo to the women uh, accusing Joe Biden of uh, touching them inappropriately. The message to you is, well, he still might be president one day. I guess he's just going to have to learn that, you know, sniffing little girls on the head and kissing them and whispering into their ear and touching them on the belly or the buttocks is it's just not cool but you know he's a nice guy he's just very affectionate so there you have it i told you they wouldn't care and they're showing you less than 24 hours later that they don't they most certainly don't uh the touching inappropriately might not be joe biden's biggest problem joe biden's 2020 ukrainian nightmare a closed probe is revived from the known right-wing conspiracy yeah. website, The Hill. And at that moment, uh, after we were uh, deprived of our territories, like, uh, I mean Crimea and uh, eastern part of Ukraine, we uh, gave up 22% of our industrial capacities. And of course, the financial support of our Western partners, namely US, first of all, United States was crucial for us. Unfortunately, uh, Mr. Biden uh, correlated and connected this financial aid with uh, some um, HR issues and changes in the prosecutor general. It's true that Mr. Shocking, uh, former prosecutor general, was under heavy critics of the Ukrainian people. 
критикою українського суспільства. People were demanding the results of the prosecutor's activity or their work, and Mr. Shokin could not actually uh, communicate and persuade uh, about the output. Just a little fun fact on Ukraine. I don't know if you saw this story over the last couple of days, but the guy who won the first runoff for the new pre- for the presidency in the Ukraine is a comedian and television actor who played a president on TV. I, I forget the guy's name. It's one of those Eastern European names, so I would I probably would butcher the pronunciation anyway. But he uh, got like something like 35% of the first vote, and the actual sitting president, the guy who's in power right now, a guy named Poroshenko, he got like 15%. <laughs> so Ukraine's got a whole lot of problems beyond Joe Biden. Let me tell you, they may elect a comedian who played a president on TV. Two years after leaving office, Joe Biden couldn't resist the temptation last year to brag to an audience of foreign policy specialists about the time as vice president that he strong-armed Ukraine into firing its its top prosecutor. In his own words, with video cameras rolling, Biden described how he threatened Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko in March 2016 that the Obama administration would pull $1 billion in US loan guarantees, sending the former Soviet Republic toward insolvency if it didn't immediately fire Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here in, I think it was about six hours. I looked at them and I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money, Biden recalled telling Poroshenko. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Uh, Are are we, is America, is Joe Biden admitting to meddling in the political process of another country here by any chance? Why doesn't, where's, where's, where's the headline? Where's the special counsel for this? Shouldn't we have a special counsel? Shouldn't we? I know, I know it's not Russia, but it's pretty, pretty darn close. Ukraine's pretty close to Russia. We're not giving you that billion dollars unless you fire your attorney general. We we're against we're against these Eastern Europeans meddling in elections, meddling in our political process. Thank you, Joe. Interviews with a half dozen senior Ukrainian officials confirm Biden's account, though they claim the pressure was applied over several months in late 2015 and early 2016 not just six hours of one dramatic day. Yeah, but you've got to sex up the story a little bit, don't you, when you're Joe Biden? Everything has to be sexed up a little bit. Whether it's making a a story about a conversation with another world leader a little bit more dramatic or touching a a young girl where she ought not be touched. you got to sex it up. Shokin was facing steep criticism in Ukraine and among some US officials for not bringing enough corrupt pros- uh, corruption prosecutions when he was fired. US banking records show Hunter Biden's American-based firm, Hunter is the younger son of Joe. Oh, did we just get an update? Yeah. We've already heard from you. Hunter Biden's American-based firm, Rosemont Rosemont Seneca Partners, LLC, received regular transfers into one of its accounts, usually more than $166,000 a month from Burisma from spring 2014 through fall 2015, during a period when Vice President Biden was the main U.S. official dealing with Ukraine and its tense relations with who? 
The Russians. The general prosecutor's official file for the Burisma probe shared with me by senior Ukrainian officials shows prosecutors identified Hunter Biden, business partner Devin Archer and their firm, their firm Rosemont Seneca as potential recipients of money. Shokin told me in written answers to questions that before he was fired as general prosecutor, he had made specific plans for the investigation that, quote, included interrogations and other crime investigation procedures into all members of the executive board, including Hunter Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, the attorney general, the 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 effective attorney general of the Ukraine was fired by the president Poroshenko after Joe Biden threatened to not give Poroshenko a billion dollars in aid money whilst the attorney general was threatening to investigate Joe Biden's son for corruption. Oh dear. Oh dear. Dear oh dear oh dear. Oh, grabby Joe. Grabby Joe. Maybe touching women and girls inappropriately is the least of his worries. Maybe it's the least of his concerns. We'll have to wait and see. Uncle Joe. See what Uncle Joe blows. The border crisis. Crisis? There's no crisis. Shut up, Boogie, you fucking maniac. What? There's no crisis. You're just pushing right-wing talking points. You're pushing Donald Trump manufactured propaganda here. I'd like to draw your attention, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to an article from The Guardian, which is a known spruiking site for Donald Trump. It's a known right-wing conspiracy website that Donald Trump would refer to. The Guardian, of course. Border crisis. US failure to respond to migration surge has created chaos. <gasps> what? What? Why, why, would the US, why would the US respond to a, a migration surge that doesn't exist? Do you remember Jim Acosta on the border? Well, yes, I'm standing here next to a fence, and if we pan the camera to the left, you won't see anybody. There's nobody trying to get over the fence. I, I put it to you that this entire borders crisis narrative is a concoction of Donald Trump and Breitbart in order to gin up support for his rabid racist base. Thank you, Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta with his expert comments from the border. El Paso officials, El Paso, Beto's town. Remember Beto O'Rourke? Eh, there's no crisis. We love our illegals. We love them. Aid workers and churches are scrambling to find shelter and legal counsel for a surge of Central American migrants. They are just figments of your imagination, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Do not be lured by the right-wing conspiracy website, The Guardian. Do not be lured into believing Donald Trump's talking points. There is no crisis. See, the beautiful part about uh, the corporate press spending the last 12 months saying that it's all a manufactured crisis, it's not a real crisis, there's no crisis at the border, is now when they come out with the reports and the videos and the stories about children being ripped away from their parents, about the hardship and the sob stories, ladies and gentlemen, think of the children. Think of the sob stories. And I'm just a poor guy from Guatemala and I just want a job. Now you can turn around legitimately and say, that's all lies. That must be fake news because there is no crisis. It's a manufactured crisis. Stop filling our screens with propaganda, you disgusting bigots. And you'd be correct. When the sob stories start coming out, all you need to do is now is turn around and say, well, it's a manufactured crisis. So what are you worried about? 
it's not real. It's not really happening. Right? Right, guy? Right, mate? Remember last week when you were saying it was a manufactured crisis and it's all make-believe and it's Donald Trump propaganda? Remember that? Remember that? What are you talking... What are you, what are you bringing me here? Women and children? What the hell is this garbage? Please. US authorities' failure to keep up with the steep increase in Central American families seeking asylum at the US-Mexico border, again, didn't happen. It's not happening. There is no... There, there are no families. There, there are no families seeking asylum. What the hell? Crisis. Ixnay on the rices cray, bro has left El Paso aid workers, churches, and city government scrambling to respond. Uh, I actually, I was looking for Donald Trump being mentioned in this article, which will be in the show notes, by the way, if you want to check the show notes on the Podbean website. I think it's boogiebumper.podbean.com when the show, when the podcast version comes out. I'm looking for Donald Trump references. I can't see any references to Donald Trump or the wall. I had to go all the way down to here. Finally, we found a reference to Donald Trump. Donald Trump has repeatedly blamed Mexico for the increase in Central Americans heading north, those, that pack of rapists, without ever acknowledging the negative role US politics, historical and current, play in the region's political, economic and security woes. It's all your fault, America! <laughs> so there is, there is most definitely a crisis at the border. But it's still Donald Trump's fault, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this camera. This weird camera thing is going on here. That's better. There is a crisis at the border, but it's all Donald Trump's fault. And if it wasn't Donald Trump's fault, it's America's fault. Trump's Mexican counterpart, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, argues that there is little his country could do to stop the flow. We can't do anything. Sorry. Sorry, bro. Love to help you out. Would love to help you out, but there's nothing we can do. Quote, we respect President Trump's position and we are going to help, Lopez Obrador said on Thursday before qualifying his response with this. Quote, this is a problem of the United States or it's a problem of the Central American countries. It's not up to us Mexicans. No. Ah, there you go. It would be like if somebody was walking through your yard to steal something from your neighbor's house. Well, it's, you would turn around to the, if, you know, you would quite rightly turn around to your neighbor and say, why did you let this guy walk through your yard so he could get into the, into the, you know, back of my house? Why would you let him do that? It's not my problem. I'm not, I'm not, I can't stop somebody. Just, just because he's walking on my sovereign land in order to get to your land and take your stuff. It's, it's not like I can do anything about it. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Jeez, jeez, fix your own damn problems, man. Man. Human rights campaigners in Mexico, however, are increasingly frustrated by the new government's rudderless and reactionary approach to tackling, I love this, irregular migration. <laughs> irregular migration. See, to me, to someone, to, to someone like me with my brain, when I hear the term irregular migration, I think of somebody in a cartoon digging a hole and showing up in China. You know what I mean? You know how they would just keep digging a hole and they would end up on the other side of the world? Now that's irregular migration. That would be pretty irregular. 
How about if somebody stepped through a wormhole and ended up in another country somewhere? You know what I mean? That sounds to me like irregular migration. But people just wandering across a border without papers and without any right to be there, that's not irregular. That's illegal. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> irregular migration. What are they all walking backwards? You know what I mean? Are they all are they all walking are they are they doing jump rope as they go? What's so irregular about this? I don't understand. Irregular migration. In January, migration agents were deployed to the southern border city Tapachula and issued several thousand temporary humanitarian visas to migrants in an attempt to dissuade them from continuing north. But on Wednesday, Mexico's Interior Secretary Olga Olga Sanchez Cordero announced that federal police and civil protection agents would be deployed to southern Mexico, indicating a more punitive response. Ladies and gentlemen, why, why would you need to res- respond to a crisis that doesn't exist? Why would you need to respond to a crisis that doesn't exist? Good question, comrade, I hear you ask. After many months of denying, cable journalists admit crisis at border. Talking heads on liberal news are finally warming to calling the situation on the US-Mexico border a crisis, at least since former Obama DHS Secretary Jay Johnson blessed that term on the March 29 edition of MSNBC's Morning Joe. Do you know, it's I, to me, it seems pretty honest. It seems pretty uh, easy for me to figure out why now all of a sudden they're calling this a crisis and why they didn't. See, when Donald Trump was running... When the Republicans were running during the midterms and, you know, the crisis at the border was a fundamental pillar of their campaign push, the Democrats had to deny that there was a crisis. Ah, this is all for Donald Trump's vanity wall. There's no crisis here. But now the midterm election is over and they won back the House. But see, now... They have two years up until the presidential election. Now it's a crisis because now you can argue that Donald Trump isn't solving the crisis. You see? So you say it's all Donald Trump's fault. Yes, there is a crisis at the border and Donald Trump isn't doing enough to help these poor families and with their irregular migration and asylum seeking. Do you see? Do you see the push here? We need more beds. We need more visas. We need more money allocated to this humanitarian crisis. Donald Trump just hates brown people. That's why he's not helping them. There's families. There's a crisis. Families are crossing. Children are being separated, etc., etc., etc. You know how it goes, right? So while the while the Republicans in the midterms were trying to run on the border crisis and we need border security, you deny that it exists because you can paint them as liars and propagandists trying to fight for Donald Trump's vanity wall, which is a waste of money. Now that you win back the house, you spin it all around 180 degrees and you say Donald Trump isn't spending enough money on the humanitarian crisis and the poor women and children who only want a better life and we need more beds and more services and more free stuff for them. And Donald Trump is a racist because he's not helping these people because they're brown. And there you've got your new spin. There you've, so keep an eye on, keep an eye out for that. You know, we were right about Nancy Pelosi and other people backing Joe Biden, saying it's not going to make any difference. Ah, he can still run for president. We were right about that. We were proven right about that. Twenty four hours later, let's see how long it takes for that narrative to come forward. Now, 
that Donald Trump needs to do more for the humanitarian and the asylum seekers at the border. He's not doing enough and it's all his fault. But I love these little, um, you know, these little clips that newsbusters do. It's great if you, this will, I'll, I'll tweet this story out and you could share this video with other people. Uh, remember, remember what it was like six months ago. Tonight, the president tries to sell a crisis that the facts tell us does not exist. Donald Trump may be inventing a national security crisis on the border. So it's a fake crisis. There's not a crisis. Actually, it's pretty much under control. If you say it enough, will it be so? Quote, no one is saying this is a crisis except them. They're playing the public for suckers. He's lied so much. <laughs> These people have no shame. No shame. I, I bet some of them know that they're merely the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party for the reasons that I just spent a couple of minutes explaining, but I bet some of them don't, and they're the, they're the real suckers. They're the real morons. I've got to watch this again. Tonight, the president tries to sell a crisis that the facts tell us does not exist. Donald Trump may be inventing a national security crisis on the border. So it's a fake crisis. There's not a crisis. Actually, it's pretty much under control. If you say it enough, will it be so? Quote, no one is saying this is a crisis except them. They're playing the public for suckers. He's lied so much about the realities of what he's calling a crisis. Donald Trump is manufacturing a national security crisis. A crisis <laughs> that has been completely manufactured. Completely yes, I said manufactured crisis. Meant to distract you from anything else. They just repeat each other. Like Russia. So, like Jim, so Russia. any sign of a crisis where you are. <laughs> There's no Jim. sign of a crisis, Wolf. There's Jimmy, boy. There's Jimmy at the border. Hey, take a selfie with a wall, Jimbo. Hey, Jimbo, tell us about that crisis, baby. There's no crisis here, motherfucker. There's nobody. Look around. There's nobody trying to get over the border. It's all made up. It's all fiction. Donald Trump made the whole thing up. He's trying to distract you from the Russians. Ah! <laughs> Jimbo. There's no crisis, Jimbo. The fuck are you talking about? It's fine. There's nobody here. It's empty. Uh, no sign of a crisis, Wolf. There is not no a border sign crisis. Of a crisis. And even if there were, the wall would not be the solution. Maybe we don't need a wall. We don't need a wall. Do we even need a wall anymore? This wall that the president <laughs> wants to build, if, if it's down 40%, I guess you don't need a wall anymore. The wall's not the answer. A wall is whoa, 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 whoa. not the answer. The evidence is pretty clear the wall won't do anything. So a border wall won't actually solve the oh, problem. The wall man. wouldn't make any difference. A wall that won't solve his manufactured uh, crisis at the border. Millions crisis. for a wall that isn't necessary. A wall won't solve that. No. Joining me now, the author of Why Walls Won't Work. You know, security experts agree that it is an ineffective waste of money. And then many immigration experts say the wall won't solve the problem anyway. But a wall, but there is all no the problem. experts say, is not what just stops it. Yeah. Uh, where was Chris? Where was Cuomo in this little run? There he is. Let's, I, need to hear, I need to show you Chris one more time because Chris has been spending a little time in Texas of late. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Cuomo, gentlemanly Chris Cuomo, has been spending a little time down on the border, down Mexico way. He's lied so much about the realities of what he's calling a crisis. Donald Trump. He's lied so much about the realities of what he's calling a crisis. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Cuomo from down the hell there in Texas. Oh, by the way, it's time for... Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. By 
such a brutal upward limb Is it possible to eat Lemon trees very pretty And the lemon flowery sweet But the brutal upward limb Is impossible to eat Okay, sour lemon. Uh, Chris Cuomo has changed his tune somewhat. Uh, this is him as of, I don't know, less than a, less than 24 hours ago. CNN Tonight with Don Lemon starts right now. You're right on the money. Right on politics, the money. Politics, politics, Chris. These are people's lives, and they're playing politics with it from the very top to the, <laughs> the folks who are lawmakers who can be doing something about this. There's a lot of rhetoric going. They're, they're, by the way, in case you haven't picked it up, they're talking about the manufactured crisis that doesn't exist. They're talking about politics, politics, politics. They're playing politics with people's lives. The Congress needs to do something because of this crisis, right? Going on, but not a lot of action and resolution. Not a lot of action. I agree with everything you said 100%. Yep. I wish there were actually even more rhetoric. And you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was more rhetoric about the wall. Why aren't more people talking about the immigration crisis? Ladies and gentlemen, why are people talking about the immigration crisis? What the hell are these politicians doing? What the hell are these politicians doing? They're not talking about the crisis. There's a crisis. Didn't you hear about the fucking crisis? Tonight, the president tries to sell a crisis that the facts tell us does not exist. Donald Trump may be inventing a national security crisis. Gee, I wish more politicians were talking about the crisis at the border. The border. So it's a fake crisis. There's not a crisis. Actually, it's pretty much under control. If you say it enough, will it be so? I really, geez, I really just wish more politicians had the guts to do something about the border situation. I mean, really, really, we need more politicians who are prepared to talk about this crisis at the southern border. No one is saying this is a crisis except them. They're playing the public for suckers. He's lied so much about the realities of what he's calling yeah. a crisis. Donald he's lied so much about the crisis. We need more rhetoric, says Chris Cuomo. More rhetoric. Three months ago, it was like, enough with this rhetoric. It's all manufactured. It's all make-believe. Some out there, that's not how I am. You know that. But I have to wonder, when there's such easy picking of opportunity here, if you're someone from the Democratic Party who wants to be about these people that you believe are being demonized by the president, why the hell are you so quiet? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, mate. Do, do you see? It must be, it just must be, it must drive them insane. These people must go home at night and just bang their head against the wall. And if they don't, they probably should. They should be banging their head against the wall. They should be saying to themselves, what the hell am I doing with my, what am I doing with my career? Three months ago, I'm saying that you know, I'm applauding the Democrats for standing up to Donald Trump for lying about the manufactured crisis on the border. And now here I am live from Texas saying the Democrats need to stand up <laughs> and speak the truth about the crisis at the border. <laughs> and he actually said something that uh, James and myself have been saying for quite a while now. 
the, the best way for the Democrats to deal with the the border situation, the the way that they can get a win here is by actually giving Donald Trump what he wants. Because then, like, every single little isolated incident of somebody coming over the border, whether it's, whether it's uh, the southern border or overstaying a visa, then they can say, look, we gave Donald Trump what he wanted. We gave him his wall. We funded it. We told you it wouldn't work. Why would you believe a word he says? We told you it wouldn't work. Look at all these people. Look at these people overstaying visas. We told you it had nothing to do with it. We win. But they're too stupid. <laughs> they're too stupid. It just doesn't make any sense unless you think that the president's going to own this. And by sitting there and watching it fester, somehow that's going to benefit you. I just don't buy that kind of cynicism in leadership. I am accepting it myself because it leaked. It's the only thing that seems to make sense. I- <laughs> do, do you see that? Do you see the shift that's happening here? It's it's like pulling it's like pulling a tablecloth out of, you know, with a dinner setting on top and you pull it out and all the wine glasses stay upright. <laughs> tablecloth? What tablecloth? There's no tablecloth. There never was a tablecloth. Abracadabra. <laughs> Unless they think that the president's going to own this. Now they, <clears throat> when the government shutdown occurred over border, over, over border issues, when the government shutdown occurred, ladies and gentlemen, Philly's in the chat going, you need to go to Texas for the truth, not talk from Sydney. Chris Cuomo's in Texas, brother. He's saying it's a crisis. <laughs> See, I'm the idiot here. <laughs> God bless you, Philly. Thanks for joining us, mate. You, you, you make me want to live stream, guys like you. I love it. What are you, you can't say anything from Sydney, you fucking idiot. You need to you need to physically be in Texas. What, like Jim Acosta? Like Jim here? Remember Jim? <laughs> Remember Jim on the border? Yeah, because if you go to the border and take footage at the border, you can get the real truth, like Jim did. Remember when there was no crisis? Yeah. Uh, no sign of a crisis, Wolf. There is not. No sign of a crisis, Wolf. Jim was on the border. You've got to be on the border to be able to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, Jim Acosta is out there going, there's a crisis with the border. Why isn't anyone paying attention to me? I get it on the right, Don. On the right, they only want to talk about fencing because they believe if they talk about anything else, they're somehow undermining the president. No, that's not true. It was never just about a wall. The wall, it was, the wall is the, the easiest way to uh, percolate the minds of the voters with a you know a big symbolic structure like that. But it wasn't the only thing they were talking about. Nobody said if you put a wall up, it's going to stop everything. A wall makes it harder and it makes all of the other things that you have, like drones and extra security, it makes that easier. That's the reality of it. But, you know, why get into complex discussions? People want, to, people, want people to talk in slogans, so that's exactly what Donald Trump does. But the crisis, the crisis that never was is now the crisis that never should be. The crisis that never was is now a crisis that needs to be addressed. <laughs> but see, if, if the Democrats think Donald Trump is going to own this, look at the switcheroo that's occurring here. Remember in the shutdown, Donald Trump has to own this. This is all Donald Trump's fault. He's owning this government shutdown over border security and his manufactured crisis, ladies and gentlemen. Now Chris Cuomo on CNN is saying, if the Democrats think that they're going to sit back and Donald Trump is going to own this, Nancy Pelosi must be going, can someone get Chris Cuomo on the line? What the hell have I done to this guy? 
what the hell have I done to Chris Cuomo? Why is he, why is he turning on us all of a sudden? Is he, has, has he become a Nazi? Is he a racist now? What the hell happened to Chris? But they always say they back law enforcement. Uh, and the men and women of CBP are desperate. Desperate. I've never seen people in charge of keeping us safe, more concerned, asking for more help yep. than these people are. Well, I can understand yep. the... Let's hear from Don. Politician, Don, you, knows what's, you're on the Don, left, Don knows how this works. You don't want to fall into the left that way on this you don't want to fall into how the, the president is polarizing people, uh, as you call them, uh, the brown menace and putting people into that category. But still, you have to think about the overall human effect. Uh. And also on the right, you have people saying, well, it's a crisis, 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 crisis. No one ever said that there wasn't a humanitarian crisis at the border. Uh. You know, those people on the right, they've been saying crisis, 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 crisis. Nobody ever said that there wasn't a humanitarian crisis at the border. <laughs> just like that. And just like that, a new reality. And I hadn't watched that far into the clip. I only watched like the first 20 seconds before I posted it. Because like I said, I didn't have much time to prep. We were discussing the possibility of the new narrative being, you know, that Donald Trump isn't doing enough to solve the humanitarian crisis on the border. There it is. There it is. They're, they're already constructing the new narrative. They are already constructing the new paradigm of thought for you to bounce around in like, like you're in a straitjacket in a padded room, bouncing off one talking point to the next. There's a crisis. There's not a crisis. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing anymore. I don't even know which way is up. They're quick, aren't they? They're so quick. Nobody ever said there wasn't a crisis at the border. <laughs> and, he look, and he does it with a straight face. Sometimes you have to bite on a lemon to keep from smiling. Ladies and gentlemen, that was... Lemon tree, very pretty, and a lemon flowery sweet. But a fruit or the fruit lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and a lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor is impossible to eat. All right, one more. One more before I let you go. One more quick one. I want to, in, in light of the allegations against Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, I want to end on, you know, a high note. I want to end with something that's family friendly. And get away from this whole debauched, degraded, you know, touchy-feely society that's being constructed for us. Amazon caught selling nauseating sex doll, which comes tied up and gagged. There's the young sex doll. Uh, by the way, if you were considering what to get Joe Biden for his 77th birthday, I know what somebody's getting for their birthday. Happy birthday, Jojo. A nauseating sex doll of a young woman bound and gagged has been pulled from Amazon's website amid outrage from customers. The online shopping giant has been forced to remove the doll priced at 61 pounds. That's a steal. It's a steal from the site following a complaint from a London woman who claimed it was being sold for male sexual abuse. Images show the adult toy sitting in a corner dressed in a childlike pink skirt and white top with its hands tied and ankles tied up and a gag over its mouth. Jesus Christ. I don't know. The doll was described as, quote, safe and easy to clean. Well, that's a plus. 
and customers were advised not to worry about twisting or tearing as it can withstand 380 pounds of pressure. I guarantee you that there were a number of 380-pounded individuals waiting to put their 380 pounds of pressure into this little into this little bitty. It was also described as very flexible with, quote, a variety of movements or postures that subtly match all of your interests. This article about outrage is, is now becoming a blurb as an advertisement, isn't it? The complainer from London, who wished to remain anonymous, told Amazon on social media they were selling a sex doll of a child tied at her ankles, wrist, chest and gagged. A child depicted as helpless and terrified in a corner sold for male sexual abuse. She continued... The doll is fitted with fully usable, realistic, realistic hairless sex organs, and the company is proud that it can withstand the weight of men weighing up to 380 pounds. I am shocked to my core that Amazon is selling this no report button either. It pains me so much that we as a society are allowing this sort of thing to be sold at all. I couldn't agree more, darling. By the way, uh, touchy-feely Joe for 2020. Let's get behind Joe. Let's get behind bad boy Joe. Because whatever it takes to remove the president, well then, damn it, we're just going to... You can't you can't make an omelette unless you break a few eggs. Am I right? What the hell are you so upset about? What are you so upset about? Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for being with us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course if you'd like to complain about a sex doll which is some kind of sexual crisis in our society that's manufactured and purely exists in the mind of donald trump and his sycophants over at breitbart then please do so by following me on twitter at boogie bumper uh, I'll be back very, very late tonight, early morning with Greeno from the starting block where we'll chat about absolutely nothing and have a lot of fun doing it. Um, if you stay tuned, follow James. I think James is coming up at Real Person PLTCS, Real Person Politics. If he hasn't already gone live, I'm not sure. But if you aren't following him, please do. He's the best shotgun style live streamer on the interwebs. If you want 10 or 15 minutes of just data downloads then nobody breaks it down and throws it at you like james does so if he hasn't gone live yet he'll probably be going live in the next few minutes or so so until next time guys stay calm stay rational god bless and we'll see you soon bye bye
crisis. There's no crisis. Oh, thank you, Kiwizard. There is no crisis and there is no bound and gag sex doll being sold on Amazon. It's all a figment of your imagination. All right, guys. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.